I bought a VPN this week. I've never I've never used one, right? Never tried the sponsors the sponsored ones, right? And there's a thing about it that a lot of people don't realize. The thing about VPNs is that they do work, but certain types of VPNs have been what's called whitelisted, which basically means they work, but you'll still be tracked um, per government request. A true VPN will not do that. They just won't keep tabs on anyone. They'll never ask for an email. They won't do anything of the sort, right? Not even close. Welcome back to the Meatweed Podcast, where we appreciate our internet privacy. So I looked up one recently. By the way, this is not sponsored. I'm just a fan. I looked up a recent case of Mulvad VPN. What happened there was people were, government specifically, were requesting for data and they could not give it because they said, we don't keep track on anyone. So how are we going to give you information we don't have? And the government ruled in their favor and they said, yep, they don't, they can't give information they don't have. So what's up? So yeah, I'm just a fan. If you're going to use a VPN, use one that's, you know, proper. What the hell is this episode going to be about? I'm not going to lie. Not much happened this week, but I did finally get to see Oppenheimer. So I mentioned in the previous episode that I was either going to watch that or Barbie. I want to watch Barbie now, but I did watch Oppenheimer and I don't know how to feel about it. Maybe this review is not going to be for you or maybe it will. Anyway. I'm not... Look, shit happens, okay, throughout the week. And sometimes you're in a good mood or you're in a bad mood. I don't know how to put this. I'm not in the best mood right now, but it's not because of the movie. It's not because of Oppenheimer, nothing like that. Um, This thing, on the other hand, is very private. I'm going to mention it maybe on the Patreon. I don't know yet. But I'm going to say one thing. Came up the other day, not not the other day, I think it was today. I won't give a specific date. Uh, Anyway, let's jump to it. Overwatch 2 was released on Steam, right? Everyone fucking hated it. Like, it finally came out in a platform where it could be reviewed, and the, the Steam Marketplace says it is the most overwhelmingly negative reception for any game ever. Like, people fucking hate it, okay? And it's not just because the game isn't bad per se, but it's just Overwatch, the original game, with a coat of paint. That's it. It's nothing different, really. It's just the same shit over and over again. But what do you expect from video games, man? Video games are just the same shit. All this, it's all the same now. Except for that new game I've heard such high praise about. But, yeah, it is what it is. Listen, Oppenheimer was okay. I'm not gonna lie, but... There's a lot of stuff you gotta know about me specifically. I liked the movie. I fucking loved it, in fact. But it was one of those movies where you have to know going in what's going on, okay? Because Oppenheimer is an interesting character on his own. Like, I'm saying character like he's fake. No, 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 real guy. The history of Oppenheimer is absolutely... I don't know. It's just... He's a weird guy, okay? And in the movie, they portray it very well. He's very strange. Uh, the mannerisms and everything. Killian Murphy just... Well, he, he killed in that role. <laughs> Why do I do this to myself? Huh? Why? You know, I think everyone also talks about one thing when it comes to the reviews. 
A lot of people jump to the ending, which they really shouldn't. Because the thing is, the ending is supposed to be a mixture of the beginning. I'll, I'll put it this way. The creation of the bomb the entire way for like two hours, right? Is just amazing. Like, I should probably say this first. Obviously, it's, it's a historic movie. But spoilers, okay? Spoiler warning. The movie is fast-paced for three hours. For three hours, it's very fast-paced. There's no dead moments. There's no calm moments. It's always throwing something new at you. And I love that about a movie. And in this particular movie, what I liked about it wasn't even the fact that it was fast-paced. It was the fact that it was, I don't know, about a character that I knew so much about. I knew, I studied Oppenheimer, you know? I learned a lot about him from documentaries and stuff. I watched a lot of documentaries. I'm, I'm that guy. And I learned about how he was always a strange kid, you know? Always hiding himself in books and math and the sciences and everything. And in the movie, the beginning actually portrays that very well. In fact, they're all like, this guy's a strange man. He, he can't do this. He can't do that. And then the other scientists look at some of the theories he has. And it's like, oh, he's actually quite intelligent. I like that. And there's that quote that people keep bringing up where it's like, theory will only get you so far. Like, it's not that deep of a quote, okay? It's not that big of a quote where you got to quote it every five minutes. And, you know, they, they do that in a movie at some point where it's like every three minutes, like, theory will only get you so far. And I was like, okay, stop, fuck. <laughs> and um, the sex scenes are interesting, right? There's that famous Oppenheimer quote, now I have become death, the destroyer of worlds. Why did he say it while cucking his wife? I mean, just big tits on the screen, right? Really in your face. And <laughs> he reads it. And he reads it from a book. The Bhagavad Gita. Where it's, um... He <laughs> I thought it was funny. I don't know. I couldn't laugh in the theater. It was like a serious moment. But I thought it was funny as shit, right? Because this guy is being asked by this, uh, this communist woman, by the way, um, to read something in a Sanskrit which is, uh, you know, a language that's long gone, but he can read it. And she's asking him, can you read it for me? While her tits are like right behind the book. And they were like mid fuck. Okay. They were mid sex. And, <laughs> and she gets off of him and opens a random book. Like, what the fuck was that scene? You know, I'm the greatest fucking movie review of all time. If you don't believe me, just don't. Anyway, this, this, um, after he meets the communist for a few minutes and immediately cheats on his wife, who's not his wife yet. Yeah, that's a that's a part of the movie, right? It's funny because later on she does come back up. They they do it like three times on screen. I don't know. Every time it's un, it's uncomfortable. For some reason, this character he's cheating on with. I keep burping. Sorry. The person that Oppenheimer's cheating on his wife with. Every time she's on screen. There's a 50-50 chance her tits are going to be out. Like, that's just so much more common, you know? Like, I mean, it's a rated R movie. I get it. But it's such an outlier in the movie. And at some point, randomly, he admits to cheating on his wife in front of his wife to a congressional hearing. And his wife just pictures him butt-ass naked and the woman bouncing on him. Just going to town on his dick, right? Just... While locking eyes with her, by the way, it's like, yeah, fuck your man. What are you going to do about it? Like, I mean, cinematically speaking, it really did fit, okay? Like, from a from a cinema perspective, from a storyline perspective, it fit well. It was like anger. It's like you're visualizing him doing it, and it just pisses you off. But, like, he did it. 
and he admits to it in front of everybody. It fit with the movie, but it was fucking weird. Okay? It's just, it's one of those things in a movie that in the movie it makes sense. When you take it out of the context of the movie, it is strange. Let me put it that way, okay? It's very simple that way. If you get it, then you get it. If you don't, watch the movie and sit through three hours of it. If you're going to do it, do what I did. Me and my girlfriend had the genius idea, right? We went to a movie theater and they had these pretzels. Garlic and cheese pretzels, right? But we didn't know how big they were. It's theater food, so it costs a lot. And we didn't we didn't anticipate getting a whole pizza box with a giant pretzel in it, right? Oh my god. I was more focused on the pretzel than the fucking movie. At some point, I was like dipping in the cheese, licking my fingers, just going at it. While Oppenheimer's fucking someone else who isn't his wife on the screen. Over and over again. Because his wife's an alcoholic. His life's a mess, okay? Oppenheimer's life is a fucking mess. From start to finish. And Killian Murphy was like the perfect actor for it too. One thing, okay? One thing when it comes to cinema that they always get wrong is like panic attacks, right? I feel like the panic attacks that Oppenheimer had on screen were very accurate. They were overwhelming. There was a lot of buzzing in his ears. The world kept moving. It was very accurate to a panic attack. How do I know? I used to have them. I know. I have not always been sound of mind. Hell, some people call me crazy now. And they're right. But I'm just crazy about podcasting. I don't know. I pushed a button by accident. I hope it didn't come up. There was a, there's a fun thing when it comes to the... um the movie they mentioned the red scare and a lot of how um how they were scared of communism at the time the thing is at, at some point they were in a university and they were talking about communism behind closed doors and the fbi was looking at their license plates and stuff i read into it yeah that happened to oppenheimer but i often forget that was the case you know why do they call it the land of the free if we're not really free i never understood that i, I doubt it you know they're all like well, land of the free, but if you have a slightly different opinion on things, we will fucking ruin your life. That's my two cents. Although I only had two pennies, so please give them back. A homeless guy asked me for change today. I know for a lot of you living in big cities, that's a common thing. I live in an incredibly small rural town. Me and my brother were surprised to see a homeless guy there. But, I don't know. That's besides the point. I don't know why I mentioned that. Anyway... The movie Oppenheimer has this scene, right? Where they start finally understanding this um, theory, you know? Um, nuclear fission and stuff stuff of the sort. They mention at some point that a nuke can theoretically destroy the world. However, they bring up more and more numbers and it says the chances are near zero, but not zero. And they keep saying that, right? But they have a point, you know? nukes could a single one if done correctly can absolutely destroy you know the atmosphere with the chain reaction that's how it works but i don't want to go into it i don't want to go into the science because i know a lot of people are going to ask me for more information i'm not a scientist i used to be but you know well a farm tech i don't know if it counts different science different ballpark look when it comes to science i'm not the best okay this is me being as honest and blunt as possible but there's one thing that i do know one thing that I'm a big fan of, and that is cinematography, okay? Visuals, camera angles, the coloring, the lighting, all of it matters. Let me tell you something right now. There was a scene, the, the scene where they're finally 
they have the prototype of a nuclear bomb, a very small one, scaled down like 90%, like a 110 model of it. And it's an incredibly small bomb, but even that packed a punch. And this is a Christopher Nolan movie. They said they wanted to make it without CGI. And I gotta be fucking, like, let me, let me put it this way. If you don't watch the movie in theaters, at the very least, you gotta see the scene where the bomb goes off. Christopher Nolan, how the fuck did you do that? I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if he built a scale model of a nuclear bomb just to set it off for that scene where it blows up because the camera doesn't shy away. It doesn't like, it's not just a single scene where it blows up from a distance. No, 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 no. The camera's up and close, really, really close to the explosion. You can see the little details in the fire, the shockwave, the, the bits of debris flying in there. It is an absolutely beautiful scene. And when it goes off, there is no sound. It's just silence. It's just a beautiful scene of flaming chaos and absolute destruction. And it is my favorite scene in the movie. This year, I've seen a few movies, right? That is by far my favorite scene out of all of them. Holy shit, that was an astronomically good scene. And I want to wa- I wish that I could go back in time and watch it for the first time again. I have chills describing it. Every single hair on my on my hairy ass arms is standing. Beautiful cinema, 10 out of 10, 900 out of 10. Holy shit, it was a good scene. Ugh. Seriously, if you're not gonna watch the movie, just watch that one scene. And then of course, Christopher Nolan, fucking out of left field, always, always the charmer. He knows the quote, okay? I'm a fucking history buff when it comes to Oppenheimer. I learned a lot about the nuclear bomb, the creation of it, before watching the movie. This was years ago. But I still remembered it all because it was such an interesting topic. We, the creation of the most powerful weapon in the universe, okay? How could you not be interested? And then there was the Tsar Bomba, but that was just Russia going too far. <laughs> Damn. But yeah, let me put it this way. After the explosion, after that amazing scene... There's no sound, right? It's completely silent, and everyone's in shock, like, seeing the bright colors. They all have their glasses on, so no one goes blind. And then out of nowhere, the shockwave hits, and they're all just blown away. They were close enough to be hit with it at full force, right? And afterwards, it cuts to the explosion again, the giant fireball, and you just hear Oppenheimer, like, (sighs) this is the part that I kind of thought was funny. He says it again, right? Now I have become death, the destroyer of worlds. Which is what he said in one of those old documentaries. He admitted that he said that when they when he saw the explosion. But for the specific scene in the movie, they used the audio from when the girl's tits were on the book. Just the audio, not the visual, okay? But I know you're picturing it in your mind. And it's just that. Like, it's just, now I have become death the destroyer of worlds because he read it earlier but it's the exact same audio clip and for some reason like i i know everyone in the theater noticed but i specifically noticed that and i thought it's a cool quote but why did you have to use that one part of me thought what if he used the original the original thing that oppenheimer did because oppenheimer did um he he did an interview where he said it live on television that's the recording that i know but for the movie they used killian murphy 
it was so funny to me seeing that or hearing that anyway, because that's all I could think about was the tits on the book. Um, that, that, that lady loved to show her cooter in the movie. Like, if you want action, that's all you're getting. That in a single explosion. I must reiterate that. Within the entire movie, it's about the birth of the nuclear bomb, but you only see it go off once. You don't see it multiple times. And I don't blame them, because that looked expensive as fuck to do. Like, it looked like an actual bomb, okay? Because I'm pretty sure it was. A much further scaled down one, but I don't know. It's, seeing it in theaters really fucking hit different, because on the big screen, all the details can be seen. Every single bit of it. And I'm, I'm here for it, okay? I went off for like almost six minutes talking about the fucking bomb. You better watch the damn movie. And now, here's the thing, right? Why do I always say that? I guess since we're halfway through the podcast, there, there is how it, there, there's a similar structure to a movie storyline, right? Where there's a progression, there's the peak, and then there's the downfall. We are at the downfall. After the explosion... It is an hour of fucking bureaucracy. That is it. At some point, the bombs are used in World War II because it's a historic piece. It has to be used. And Oppenheimer, there's a scene, right, where he has a panic attack, but he can't show it, right? They're talking. He's talking in front of a podium of all of his peers, and he says, "I only wish it was built a few years, um, a few months prior, so we could have used it on the Germans." And then at that point. It cuts, and it's just like Oppenheimer alone in that giant podium. And it's as if the nuke went off. The only difference is, people who are looking at him, their skin is like peeling off. And like, it's the effects of a nuke. Everyone's crying in devastation, screaming their heads off. Oppenheimer is essentially picturing what his bomb did to an entire city. However, instead of random people, it is the colleagues that he grew and was working alongside with for years. It was intense. Absolutely intense. And I don't know how to explain the ending. It's really fucking annoying to me, okay? And I mean this in it, with the brightest intentions, right? After this, it's a downfall because it's just, oh, his paper was this. It's a lot of legal stuff at the end, right? Here's the thing. I, I openly looked at my girlfriend and I whispered, I am so fucking confused right now. I don't remember... The ending, right? They had him on trial because he was a... They thought he was a communist. But it wasn't a trial? It doesn't make any fucking sense. But then again, it happened, you know? They put him in front of a bunch of really important people. And they're like, did you do this on this date? And then they'll be like, yeah, yeah, I did. Like, the, the fuck, man? And I get that he boinked a communist, but who hasn't, okay? You, you go to a university, you boink a communist shell, and then you leave. And then you don't talk to her anymore and she kills herself. That's just college, man. <laughs> I'm, st- <laughs> I'm, st- <laughs> I'm sorry, I just spoiled a bit of the movie. But yeah, there's this scene where he admits to the communist woman while she's got her tits out again. He's like, I can't see you anymore. By the way, Oppenheimer's not a saint in this one, right? In that specific scene, he's butt-ass naked. Killian Murphy's got like no muscle mass, by the way. But... He's a hell of a good actor. I'm just saying. And she's gorgeous, by the way. The actress. I don't know her name. Let me look it up. Uh, you know what? I don't want to. You look it up. You do it. You do some fucking research, huh? Because I got comments saying, Oh, you don't do any research for your podcast episodes. You're goddamn right. Everything is improvised. 
You know why? Because I'm tired of pausing the recording to Google something or Googling it while live. I don't like doing that, okay? It's a shot in the dark. No one fucking listens anyway. Well, not enough people subscribe to the Patreon. There was that one guy, though, who gave us $2,000. By the way, huge thank you to that guy. I love that guy. Absolutely love him. Christopher Harris, thank you. I didn't forget your name, okay? I'm just a little, uh, I'm a little tired. 12-hour shift today. You know how it is. Okay, ow. While I was recording, I did have to, I paused at the perfect moment, okay? I know I said I didn't like pausing, but sometimes I have to. I paused because I don't know what I was doing that I popped my thumb almost out of its socket, and it really fucking hurt. Like, okay, I, I got it back in, but it, it just, it just, ah, okay, eh, good enough, that's fine. My thumb still works, guys. I could still hitchhike. Anyway, back to the movie. I don't like the last hour. I will admit that. A lot of people loved it. I noticed it in the theaters. A lot of people were watching it. I didn't get it. You know why? Because when it comes to some of the history of Oppenheimer, there were the scenes at the end where they have him in front of a, a peer of his... Uh, I don't know what it was. It wasn't a jury. You know? He wasn't in court. This was just a bunch of important people asking him a lot of questions. And the main reason being is because they thought he was a communist, but also they were trying to diminish his reputation within the community. That's what I remember. The problem is, there, there was a scene where he has another panic attack. They, they, again, they portray it very well. It, kudos to them. They really nailed it every fucking time. But, I don't know. It was just strange to me. They even allude to it in the beginning of the movie. Like, I get Christopher Nolan's going to do that thing where he's like, hey, um... This is going to happen at the end of the movie. Uh, we're just kind of making our way into it. But at the end, they're just asking him a bunch of questions. It's like a flashback type of movie. You know what I mean? Good for them. The movie is great. I like it. It's just that ending I don't get. Because they, they just... I feel bad. Because poor Oppenheimer, right? Made the bomb. Uh, essentially was one of the main reasons that like World War II ended. Of course, they, they like to say that, right? Um, when it comes to, oh, let me, let me explain this part, okay? If you guys are listening from across the seas, anywhere not the United States, American children are heavily taught that because of the creation of the nuclear bombs and because of us dropping them on Japan, that is the sole reason that Japan surrendered. However, that's, you know, we, we know there's a lot more subtlety and nuances to it. The thing is, let's say high school, stuff like that, right? That's what we're taught. It's only when we go to college or university and we start learning stuff on our own that we realize that there was a lot more to it, right? That's the thing. I wanted to bring that up because there's, there, again, a lot of stuff to it. Japan was going to surrender anyway, according to a lot of people. Of course, we know from various sources that Japan didn't plan on surrendering, but they would have fought to the last man. That's essentially the Japan that was around back then. It's not like nowadays where you got anime and you got all that fun stuff. By the way, I saw some people who, um, I saw a TikTok where they mentioned World War II to like a, a Japanese weeb. <sighs> my, my God, I used to be a, uh, really into anime, right? I watch these things now and I just, I, like cringe is not the word. I, I, I physically recoil. Cringe is not strong enough. This is more like I look at it and I have cramps in my face that just want to cover my eyes. You don't understand the level of embarrassment I felt secondhand. Anyway, if you like anime, there's nothing wrong with it. If your entire life revolves around anime, reconsider. 
unless you shower and you have a job and you have a stable, you know, be a well-rounded human being is all I'm saying. If you heard a buzz, my fucking fly uh, trap just killed something. I'm a fucking dumbass. I had to, I had to refresh my memory on something. The thing at the end of the movie was not a court hearing. It was a security breach hearing. Hang on. Let me look it up exactly. Security hearing. That's what it was. Because they kept denying his clearance, which is... I don't know how to explain it. It's a very America-centered movie. You know what I mean? Like, you have to be American to understand it more. Like, more clearly and more in depth. And if you're not, it is quite difficult, admittedly. Because a lot of the stuff there is just what happened in America at the time. Also, I want to I want to bring up something, but this is just something that's my personal opinion. Which, you know, you're listening to my podcast, so, you know, whatever. I love the way the nuclear bomb looks. The, the funny thing is, right, I noticed the promotional pictures. I noticed that a lot of the... Um, a lot of the pictures are doctored. Like, they don't want to spoil it in the movie. But in the movie, the nukes look different. You actually see Fat Man and Little Boy. You know, the bombs that they drop on Japan? You see them carted off by the military. And, I don't know, it hits different. And now, for one thing. There is a major spoiler. I will spoil something right now. And I'm telling you right now, if you plan on watching the movie, don't listen to this part. Skip ahead about one minute as soon as it reaches the 26 minute mark, okay? I'm actually stalling a bit just so I can time it right. But this is going to be a big spoiler because it has to do with the end of the movie up to the last minute. The last minute of the movie, okay? Because I gotta admit, it did excite me. It excited me quite a bit, okay? So those who are going to watch the movie, don't listen to minute 26 through 27, okay? I'm serious. You have three seconds. Two, one... Okay, now that you skipped ahead of time, I could tell you about um, the the ending. There's a scene where he's talking to Einstein. Einstein does come up a lot in the movie, right? It's not just the beginning or the end. At the end specifically, when they're talking, Einstein is just listening to him, hearing him out. And at some point, Oppenheimer, through tears, tries to keep a straight face, telling Op- uh, telling Einstein... There was a chance that we were going to destroy the Earth when we locked when we launched a nuke. And then quietly, Einstein's just looking at him, and Oppenheimer goes, I believe we have. That scene got to me, dude. Holy shit. Cause then it cuts to a bunch of nukes flying everywhere, and it's like he could see it, you know? Mutually assured destruction. That is absolutely bonkers. That scene. I liked it. I really liked it because I thought, yes, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> anyway, spoiler over. Yeah, that was... I don't know, man. That uh, Watch the movie. <laughs> also, I... What am I saying also for? What the fuck? Um, last week and the week prior, I mentioned that I was on... Uh, I was fasting and I was done with it. I'm gonna start eating less carbs. Apparently, I've been doing... You know, I've been, I've been counting everything I eat. This has nothing to do with the movie, by the way. She probably mentioned that. It's just, I've noticed I eat a lot of rice, bread, and sugar. Those specific things. I'm going to cut them out of my diet. You got to understand, I was born with the food pyramid, which was later described as the biggest hoax in American diet. It was not good. It's one of the reasons I'm fat. That's what I'm going to blame. <laughs> anyway, Oppenheimer was a good movie. I recommend it. Barbie's up next. But I don't know if I'm going to do a review about it. I just don't want to spoil it, okay?
There's a lot of stuff when it comes to this movie. A lot of spoilers and everything. Spoilers I didn't want to give, but alas, I did. Anyway, that's going to do it for this episode of the Meet Weed Podcast. I wish I was better at reviewing things, but if you came here for a review that is well-researched, well-documented, you know, so cites credible sources, you're at the wrong fucking podcast because I just talk out of my ass for a bit. People love it. Okay, how, how much, how many people love it? 13,000 plus downloads, by the way. Also, New York City Podcast Network named my last episode a staff favorite again. Thank you guys for that. You guys are awesome. By the way, if you guys are listening on Spotify, give me a five-star review. If you're listening on New York City Podcast Network, vote up the episode. And if you're listening to me on YouTube, like and subscribe. That's right. We're uploading these on YouTube now. Those specifically with YouTube Red probably just play this. um, You play the video and then you turn off the screen. I envy you. I can't do that yet. Because even though I have a VPN... I don't have YouTube red. I don't know what the connotation is. Okay. <laughs> By the way, we're still partnered with Magic Mind. So please use promo code MEETWEEK20 for 20% off your first order or 20% off your subscription. I recommend the subscription. You get more bang for your buck. Okay? And every time you get the subscription or if you get a one-time purchase and you use the code MEETWEEK20, we actually get, you know, you actually help the podcast out quite a bit. We also have a store in the in the comments or in the in the link tree, sorry, and the mugs. That's what a lot of people like. I'm not gonna lie. We actually removed the t-shirts because they didn't they weren't up to quality. But the mugs, they were great. How good are they? The voice actor for Chowder has one. That's right, Nicholas Payne Jones, my homie. <laughs> All right, so I'll see you guys next week. And remember, do not drive drunk. Um, wear your seatbelt, obey traffic laws, and I don't know. Wash your hands before you wash your hands before you eat. I can't believe I had to say that. All right, see you next week. <laughs>